0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker.
1: It's an instinct. A feeling.
2: The Force brought us together.
1: We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them.
2: People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do.
0: Long have I waited. And now... Your coming together
1: is your undoing. What, uh, what are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last
2: look, sir, at my friends. Ah!
1: of a Jedi. Whoa! Your destiny.
0: All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and the story is as follows. The surviving resistance faces the First Order once more as Rey, Finn, and Poe Dameron's journey continues. With the power and knowledge of generations behind them, the final battle commences. The film is starring Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Anthony Daniels, Domino Gleason, Richard E. Grant, Lupita Nyong'o, Carrie Russell, Kelly Marie Tran, Ian Mc... Dearmond and Billy D. Williams. It is written and directed by J.J. Abrams, co-written by Chris Terrio. Join me for this podcast review. I have Sarah Clements. Everyone, hello, hi. Oh my gosh, it's so great to have you on. Uh, first time since Carol, it's I believe. In a while, yeah. Yeah. Also joining us too, another person who I haven't heard from in a little bit. I, I believe maybe since Goldfinch, Dangle Howitt. That might be right. Hello, everyone. And also joining us as a guest because this is a big movie and it's a big review and it deserves a big panel here from In Session Film and AwardsCircuit.com. I have Ryan McQuaid.
1: Thank you for having me back on the show, Matt.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you actually reached out to me a few weeks ago and you said, hey, Rise of Skywalker, if you don't have anybody, I'm your guy. And I was like, (laughs) okay. I I guess Ryan really, really wants to talk about Star Wars without even having seen the film. Um, I'm actually really, really curious, Ryan. Uh, why this one? Why was this the one that you messaged me about? Uh, w- like, what's your tie to this series?
1: I love Star Wars. I think I think that that um, everybody on here that's going to review this episode tonight loves Star Wars. Um, and I was just over the last couple of weeks getting more and more curious because I am such a big fan of The Last Jedi. I think it's Ryan Johnson's best movie he's ever done, and I was skeptical of J.J. Abrams, and over the last couple weeks, I've gotten more and more hyped over it, so I just, like, I have to talk about this movie, whether it's good or bad, I don't care, and I, I hadn't talked to you in a while, Matt, and I said to myself, well, if Neglia needs me, I will use the Force and guide him and we will bind together to make a podcast and so that's why I'm on here tonight.
0: You made it sound very sweet and eloquent but I was force choked by you as far as I was concerned. In any oh, event, yeah. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, we are going to be doing a non-spoiler review at first. We will talk spoilers at the end. So for those of you that are worried about being spoiled, don't worry. The secret is safe with all of us right now. So, uh let's kick it off actually. First and foremost, Sarah, Sarah Um, What has your experience with Star Wars been like? Uh, What was your anticipation heading into this into uh, the Rise of Skywalker? And ultimately, what did you think?
2: Well, I mean, I think like everyone, we grew up with Star Wars. It was a huge it was a huge part of my life as it is with everyone. um, I would assume. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my anticipation was, you know, pretty high for this. And I'm not one who reads much about a movie before I see it. Um, so I wasn't, I was kind of going into this, like, I mean, a few months ago, not really knowing what was going to happen and stuff. And then, you know, the critics saw it and I was like, oh shit, this, is this going to be worse than cats? I don't know, but it's not, (laughs) thankfully. Not not
0: possible, not possible.
2: And, you know, I, did you want me to say what I thought about it?
0: Yeah, general thoughts.
2: You know, I had fun. (laughs) Okay. It's, you know, it's Star Wars. I... I feel like every Star Wars movie is going to kind of give me the same sort of rush. Um, Although, you know, it's not perfect. There are issues, which we will definitely dig into.
0: Yeah. No, we definitely will. Absolutely. Howitt, passing it over to you. Same question. Uh, History with the franchise, anticipation, and what did you ultimately think?
3: Yeah, it's a very, very similar story. I grew up watching the movies, of course. So I've been a big fan my whole life. Um, I'm, I'm not the sort of fan who really dives deep into the, like the the lore or books or anything like that. I'm just a big fan of the movies. Um, and so, um, like Sarah said, I, like I, leading up to this movie, I didn't I didn't read into theories and all that stuff. I just, you know, was excited to, to see this movie. Um, obviously, I think our... Our feelings on The Last Jedi are important to mention um, just because of how, you know, stupidly controversial <laughs> that movie is. And so um, I, I was definitely a fan of The Last Jedi. I, I would, I'm would, kind of in the middle. I thought it was a very good movie. Definitely not my favorite Star Wars, but definitely a, a very good movie. So, um, so I don't passionately defend it, but also the people who passionately hate it are um, – um, Dumb. So, uh, <laughs> going into The the Rise of Skywalker, I uh, I was very excited. And I really, really, really enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was fantastic. I think it's very messy. I think there's a lot of stuff to nitpick. But at the end of the day, as the conclusion to this 9-series saga... I was very satisfied. I, I think it ended very well. Obviously, we'll talk in details about why, uh, but it's just a great, fun um, adventure, and uh, all the emotional beats landed really well. Um, it's beautiful, as all the Star Wars movies are, so well made. And so, yeah, just all around, um, as messy as it is, as a little bit chaotic as it is, um,
0: I, I was very, very satisfied. Okay. All right, uh, Ryan. What about yourself? Uh, the big Star Wars fan that you are. You.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, I I, um, I loved uh, what Ryan Johnson did with the Last Jedi, and I haven't actually really talked about my opinions much beyond just like text groups or people at work. Um, and I and I've been r- thinking about it all day um, because I've been seeing this discourse, and it is maddening because we have gone within a week turning the pendulum towards the other side with this movie. And it led my anticipation going in like really low. Um because you know, you see the Rotten Tomatoes score it's like in the 50s, right? And it and and you're like, "Oh my god, we haven't seen a movie in this franchise in the 50s since the prequels." And you're like, is it like prequel level bad? Like, "Oh my god, is that terrible?" No. This movie is not prequel level bad. This movie is beautiful. It's perfect. Um in terms of its emotional beats, it is a mess in terms of some plot and and some and little things, but in terms of the message it's trying to send, which is the overarching message of Star Wars, which is hope. Always having hope in a movie that's Dare I say right now, in times where we all feel low and we feel down in the world, whether it's just within our own personal life or the grand of this country or whatever, I think J.J. Abrams gave us the Star Wars film we need right now. And I think he doesn't disrespect Ryan Johnson, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. I don't think that it is a slap in this fandom's face. I think it is exactly what we needed. And I... Man, it just... It, gave me everything I wanted with even the problems that I saw coming months ago. I didn't care because I got so wrapped up into everything that it is a great crowning achievement for this saga, the Skywalker saga. And uh, I mean, I I'm going to talk about a lot of great details later that I loved you know, Daniel and Sarah said it, There are some issues, um, but I think even I have some justification for those issues as well. And um, I think it's a really, really good movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think you all know now
0: how I probably felt when game of Thrones season eight aired. I think you all, I think you all can relate. Um, that is a lot. What star Wars, the rise of Skywalker feels like to me. It's, fan service it's spectacle it's delivering the beats that you expected to deliver and it's messy and there are issues and there are things that we will debate over until the end of time people are still debating whether or not the last jedi is a good movie god help me um and as someone who definitely had issues with that movie on a first viewing subsequent viewing since then has actually uh, uh allowed that movie to go up in my own ranking and i've actually uh turned out to be more positive on that movie than ever before because I loved how much that Ryan Johnson subverted our expectations with The Last Jedi and brought us in a totally new uh, direction in terms of its storytelling. It was not a copy of Empire Strikes Back. You know what The Rise of Skywalker does feel like to me, though, at times? It does feel like a copy of Return of the Jedi, much in the same way that J.J. Abrams' last film, The Force Awakens, was a copy of A New Hope. And I can't help but feel that what they wanted to do with this particular movie was they wanted to try to satisfy everybody. Mm-hmm. And in an attempt to satisfy both sides, those who liked uh, what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi and those who hated what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi, I think that what you get is not a great movie, not a bad movie. I think you just get a middling movie at the end of the day. There are some things in this that really, really, really pissed me off. There are some things in this that really got me excited, really, really touched me emotionally. Um, I felt like I was soaring on cloud nine at certain moments, moments that I know some people I've seen uh, call cheesy, unearned. Um, A lot of people have talked about the plot of this movie, being, you know, messy and hard to follow and convoluted. I never got that at all. Did you guys feel that at all while watching it? No, 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 I didn't. I don't know where that's coming from. I I admit that there is a lot of exposition and that they are cramming a lot of information into the two hours and 22 minutes that they have here uh, because there is a time jump from The Last Jedi. And there is a bit of, I know I've been called out for using this term a little bit on social media. There is a bit of retconning. Mm -mm. I think there is Mm -mm. with what happened with The Last Jedi. I'll give examples, too, if you don't believe me. And you could tell me it's something else or you could tell me I'm completely wrong. But I only have three words to say to you. And this is by far... The number one thing that pissed me off more than anything in this entire movie, this was all the ammunition I needed to prove my theory that they tried to satisfy the toxic fandom who decried The Last Jedi, who bullied Ryan Johnson on social media, who bullied Kelly Marie Tran off of Instagram. I just said her name. Those are the three words. It's Kelly Marie Tran. Where is she in this movie? Where is the relationship that was started between her and Finn in The Last Jedi? For that character to get completely sidelined in this film? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Come on! How can you defend that?
1: I can. Seriously? Yeah, I actually kind of can. I didn't take um, near as much offense to it as many. And I did love the Rose character. Me too! I, I, I am a big defender of The Last Jedi, guys. So... Before anybody sends me any hate tweets or any of all that other stuff that you you know that, that seems to be going on in the internet right now, I have I was not as big a fan as The Force Awakens, but I loved The Last Jedi and I love this movie. Okay, so I'm putting all my cards on the table, Matt. Before I speak about this, um, I think that what JJ did with the character is interesting. Uh, no, <laughs> hang on. I think it's interesting because you can take a lot out of the last Jedi movie. I recently rewatched and I, and I still love, um, is that her love for Finn may not be mutual on both sides. Um, I always think that Finn has had an admiration for Ray or he's had admiration for other things. And I don't think that she is, she is there, this love story that was supposed to happen between the two of them. Um, and, I think that there is that longing. You, There are shots where I think they linger a little bit on Kelly Marie Tran. I can't get into specifics on those shots, but I can see the the longing for her to want to be with him, but also staying there. Someone needed to stay with Leia to kind of help that through line of the film. Uh, and I think that it, that's a perfect person to be there um, because she, she is still new and she is evolving These three are obviously more seasoned. They are generals. They are a Jedi uh, in Rey, and they have to go and do this mission while meanwhile someone who is a trusted ally is helping Leia, and I think that that is Kelly Marie Tran. We don't spend a lot of time in that place, and that's a lot having to do with Carrie Fisher, and so I have to fill in the holes. I think that's the thing we have to do with this movie. This movie was supposed to be Carrie Fisher's movie, and her devastating um, departure from this world put a damper on that story and it's hurts. And I think that a lot of what Rose was supposed to be with was supposed to be with her and, and kind of helping, you know, the support there within that story. And I think that they realized they didn't have as much as they could and it suffers a little bit, but I don't think it's disrespectful to her. If she didn't like it, I don't think she would have been in the movie Um you know agents can get you out of many things i think that it's 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 disappointing because of other factors not dealing with i think jj's intentions for her a middle finger to ryan johnson or kelly marie trans
0: i don't i don't uh, view it acting. as a middle finger to ryan johnson i view it as a hug to the fandom that doesn't deserve it
1: oh no because if 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 he was catering to the fandom she wouldn't be in this movie. We we can't have fans She wouldn't be in the movie, Matt. The
3: storyteller the storytelling either way. Like we can't have the fans demanding that she be kicked out of the film, but we also can't have fans because of their awful uh, treatment of Kelly Marie Chan. Yes. We can't also have that driving uh keeping her in the film. I mean, my my thing is where where did you want her story to go? Like, I, I yeah. sh- she, she's a side character in The Last Jedi. Like, yes, a, a, bi- uh, she has a, a large role, but it's I not would like say it that's sets where up her larger this...
0: role is. There is, right, div- yeah. okay, so this is this is going to get back to a fundamental flaw that extends beyond this and extends to other things that some things we can't really get into specifics about just yet because of spoilers. But it is very apparent that there was no roadmap in terms of. Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, ABC. Here is how the whole story is going to go. And they've said that there was. I do not believe it for a single solitary second that they knew what was going to happen with each film. And I do believe that a lot of what Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi, which I approve of, by the way, I love the direction that he was taking mm-hmm. that story. I loved that Rey uh, had no special lineage. I love where he took Kylo Ren. I love that Snoke was a MacGuffin. I, like, loved all this, like, everything that that was going on. I felt like it was exciting. It was fresh. And it made the possibilities for Rise of Skywalker feel so much um like, like, oh my God, I'm about to head in to see something I've never seen before, potentially. Instead, what I felt like J.J. did was, oh, no, 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 where Ryan Johnson subverted your expectations with Last Jedi, we're going to subvert expectations now from The Last Jedi with The Rise of Skywalker and go back to... Yeah, no, Ray's parents actually do matter. Oh, no, no, no. Like, this actually still is a uh, like important. Snoke, yeah, we're going to just replace him with uh, Palpatine. And, oh, he's back? Uh, why is he back? Let's just throw in this fan service line. And, you know, we don't need any other explanation given. It's like, come on already. Really?
2: Yeah, I agree with Matt. Like, the one issue I had with the film is that I feel like a lot of these things were thought of, like, just last minute and they just didn't make any sense. Like there was no explanation as to why this was happening. You know what I mean?
3: I I totally agree that there, there, there didn't, there definitely doesn't feel that there was a roadmap. It it absolutely feels like they were coming up with the answers on the spot. Uh, They were trying to figure out the ending based off the last movie, as opposed to having an overarching plan. I don't disagree with that at all. But at the end of the day,
0: I still felt satisfied with where they took uh, all the characters that we cared about. I, I I will concede, Dan, that even though I'm disappointed in the direction that it did go in, I definitely did have that same feeling of, well, all right, if this is the direction that we are going in, let's just see how they at least execute it. And like I said... I definitely still had a good time with this movie. I still Mm -hmm. am positive uh, for... It's not the story I wanted them to tell. And it was a story I was hoping that they wouldn't tell because what it is, is it is leaning heavily back into that nostalgia. It is catering to um, the fandom that, like I said, after the release of Last Jedi, I really don't believe the fandom deserved to be catered to. I really don't. I feel like a lot of the fandom showed their true colors in really awful ways. And what I was hoping was I was hoping for something daring, bold and instead I got something that was predictable and oftentimes
1: kind of lame. Matt, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you do you like the dark knight? Uh the second one, right? Yes, the the dark knight with Heath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Daniel, Sarah, you like the Dark Knight? Absolutely. Right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And um in between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, there was a, a, a tragedy, right? Um that uh, the, the main actor passed one of the, the villains yes. away. Mm-hmm. That was huge. I huge know where you're going part. with this already. <laughs> and um, and the plan was, for this movie, was supposed to be about Leia. Because the first one, uh, The Force Awakens, is about Han. Yes. And obviously, The Last Jedi is clearly about Luke Skywalker. And his yes. Yeah. And this movie is supposed to be about Leia. And they were pigeonholed by that. So they had that arm tied behind their back.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you. I believe that is a huge factor. Absolutely. Then
1: there's another one mm-hmm. um, that JJ had to work with. He had to work with somebody that made uh, the book of Eli that originally was going to have this project. Yes. And uh, the book and of Henry, all, very different. Oh, the book of Henry. <laughs> book of, yeah, sorry, my bad. Book of Henry. That's actually a good movie. I'm sorry. The right, right. uh, book of Eli is actually a good movie. Book of Henry, um, which is a, you know, Colin Trevorrow, which is, a, he's a bad director and I've never liked his stuff. And uh, I, God knows what that script was like, because terrio and and Abrams were brought on to fix all that. So that's two arms tied behind your back, and so they had to work with all that, plus what Ryan gave them, which is really a lot of stuff, and then their vision that they had. The mess, I don't think, started with the Force Awakens, and then the Jedi, and then the Last Jedi, and then now, and then you know we're. I think the mess happened in between these two movies because they changed directors, they lost the the cast member that they wanted. But with all those obstacles in the way, just like Dark Knight Rises, I think Abrams does a good enough job just like Nolan did in creating a story that I think is entertaining and satisfying and uh, emotionally for us to connect with and there are issues in that movie just like there are issues in this movie that we can talk about but that movie was still critically acclaimed this movie is getting panned like it is cats and it, 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 it's done something that I feel has absolutely made me even more sick as a Star Wars fan is that everyone that loved the last Jedi is hating on this movie. Whether it is intentionally or unintentionally, they are doing that. And they are doing exactly what they criticized all the fanboys, all the terrible fanboys and just the regular fanboys that didn't like the movie for hating The Last Jedi. They are they are doing that to this movie. And we live in a world now where I you just have to go to this one and judge it by itself because I don't think you can trust anyone because we are so biased. And it's sad because this is something we all should just – love and it's because it's, well, uh, it's star wars it's star i mean
3: i don't want to say that anybody who dis who dislikes this movie is doing it simply as a reaction against the last shot i think if you dislike the movie you dislike the movie whatever i but
1: so i call really it as bad thing. as the prequels
3: Dan
0: is Th- bad. That is, I think, a little bit of a yeah. I think that's going a little too far. Definitely. Okay, clearly, yeah. I love the movie. I, I'm I'm on your side. The and I also want I, I also want to reiterate too. I still do like like
1: the movie. I still I know, lean positive. Gonna, <laughs> I just I just see a lot of this, and I've been reading a lot of it, and I've just seen the word hate, hate, mm-hmm. hate, 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 and I'm like, one. I've I've seen a lot of movies this year. This is nowhere near as bad as some of them that I have seen.
0: Ryan, you're familiar with the phrase, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Yes, I understand that. I I, I, I do believe that we live in a society where um, movies like this, Joker, Game of Thrones season eight, the pile on that happens from the internet is just ginormous when it when it begins, you know what I mean? And if this was like a middling like, small indie release in, like, the middle of spring, we would be giving it the benefit of the doubt and we'd be saying, oh, you know, no, it's fine, you know? Like, what, what else is out right now that is even, like, approaching this level? Like, you know, it's fine. But I think that there is something to be said for it is the biggest franchise in the history of cinema. It's the concluding chapter of a story that spans decades. There is absolutely no possible way... It can please everyone. Yeah. And I yeah. don't believe that the... That I don't I don't believe for a single second... And I'm going to just use the Rotten Tomatoes score as, you know, my uh, barometer for this. But Cats is, like, below 10% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. This is in, like, the high 50s, which, to me, doesn't say so much uh, hatred, trash, garbage, one of the worst movies of all time. It says people are mixed on it. Yeah. And I think that time will, you know, obviously as it has been kind even though it's only been two years I think time has been kind to The Last Jedi already and I do think that time will be kind to Verizon Skywalker mm-hmm. to a certain degree I mean think about it this way you know there are people now who look back on the prequels and have reassessed them and it's like did you guys ever think we would live in a world where people right. <laughs> rethought their yeah. opinions on the
3: prequels I think a fair as somebody who loves The Rise of Skywalker I think a fair word to use for it is safe and and yeah no, that's very different than bad, right? Safe means comfortable. It could safe. be disappointing, it's sure, but it's not bad. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's fair to call it safe. And I think I think exactly I agree with everything you're saying there, Matt. I think that time will be more kind to this film because people will see it less as a some horrible film or, or disappointment, uh, you know, whatever. And, and they'll just say, OK, it was a safe way to wrap up a franchise with with probably more hype on it than than most movies can even dream of so i think i you know i think it's all going to balance out in the end i i, I definitely am not been out of shape about about the reaction to it even though i love it and i'm disappointed to see it in the 50s and Rotten tomatoes i i get it i get it it's a messy movie um but i can still love it
2: yeah. and for like a franchise as big as star wars is i think it's hard to not be yeah. safe yeah, like yeah. I think when you're taking on this story, there's so much pressure, and um, I feel like Ryan Johnson was trying not to be safe, and that's why a lot of fans hated the Last Jedi, right? Uh,
0: because it wasn't safe. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, the reasons why people don't like the Last Jedi are like, yeah. I. I mean, I could go on all day. Yeah. We, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. No. I don't. I don't have that much time. But like, <laughs> the bottom line, though, no, is this: The Rise of Skywalker is a movie that. I think that the experience of watching it is one that is perfectly fine once you get over that it is a safe film, it's comfort food, um, it is designed to be a crowd pleaser. I think once you kind of like get over that, you can just sit back, enjoy it and love it. Like you said, Ryan, you know, as, as these movies are meant to be loved. Um I did find that after it was over and I thought about it a little bit more, I I did find that there were certain little tiny things that bothered me a little bit. I'll give one example without getting into spoilers. I don't want to get into it because of that. Maybe we can get into it later, but there is something that uh Finn uh throughout the movie wants to tell Ray and we don't ever get
3: Oh yeah. We don't it ever really get an yeah. answer to that? I mean, it's pretty
2: I mean, it's, it's inferred.
0: It's, in, it. it's inferred. <laughs> it's inferred. And I think that those that are definitely, like, really paying attention will definitely catch up on it. But there, it's little things like that. And it's a little thing. It's a little thing. Like, a little bit of a bump in the storytelling. But I think there's enough examples of those little things that, together, people are using it as ammunition to really just, like, hit this movie hard, you know? There's also something to be said for, you know, there are certain storytelling decisions that I'm a fan of. Um, There's something at the very, very end uh, between Kylo Ren and Rey that I was like, yeah, this moment feels earned. Uh, I feel like we've been building towards this. This makes sense to me. And I know people who hate it, hate it. And it doesn't come down to, in my opinion, anything to do with uh, film criticism or uh, a matter of quality. It is all just a matter of subjective biasness at a certain point. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, that's okay. You know, what's not okay is when people, I think, just take the criticism a little too far. Mm-hmm. We saw it out with Last Jedi. Um, I'm hoping that we're not going to get so much of that with this. I mean, J.J. Abrams does not deserve to be put in director's jail or um, have death threats sent to him or anything like that at all. Like, that's just ridiculous, especially when, FYI, people were just praising him for Force Awakens how long ago. (laughs) Right, like earlier in the decade. He delivered another movie that is just as fast paced as that movie, um, just as entertaining in terms of its humor. And... Really relies on the nostalgia. He just gave you more of the same. I feel like with uh, Rise of Skywalker. So anybody that wants to praise him for force and then come down hard on him for this, I just think are being hypocritical at that point.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so I mean, you could have had it worse than this. And sure. That's the thing is, it's like the 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 reason why I, I'm I'm like upset just a little bit. I mean, it just irks me the reaction to it. It is be- and I know Rod and scores not everything in the world or Metacritic score. You just have to go see it for yourself, in my opinion, and just and everything. But the thing that it just if you just did the time to understand where this movie was coming from, everything that it's facing, and for us to even have this on the big screen within this time frame, because he really only had, I think, like 12, and like not even that long, not as long as he did for Force Awakens. He
0: it is pretty incredible much- that these movies were released two years apart instead of three. Yeah. yeah. It I is mean, pretty
1: incredible. I really was like thinking when the whole Trevorrow thing happened and Carrie Fisher, I was like, okay, this movie's not coming out in two nope, they're gonna do it. Okay, sure. Um, like so um for him to I think stick the landing and still make this entertaining thrill ride, and there's so many great beats and um You know, Matt. I'm sure you and I are going to spar over some of this retconning discussions, um, which is—it's just a word that I'm like really sick of. It's—it's—it's. I hate this word because it's just being used for everything. Retcon. But um, I actually didn't think there was that much retcon, and actually, I thought there was. But
0: you acknowledged there was some. (sighs) Uh, You said not not much.
1: Not a lot, uh, maybe some. Uh, you'd have to like. Give I mean, you your laundry list, Matt. Uh, but the one I,
3: big example is. Un- I think it's undeniable. I think you. I think the one example is is huge and very obvious that it's retconning
1: um uh, i know i don't see it as that um okay i, and, I was
3: definitely excited to talk about that
1: <laughs> we'll get into it we'll we'll get into it in a
0: second one thing that yeah. we can get into um that i also had a little bit of a criticism with it's a minor one nothing that um really severely impacts my enjoyment of movies but it's something that i notice a lot in big movies like this from time to time especially with a sprawling cast is um, side characters supporting uh characters do tend to get very very little uh character development they do fail yeah. to make an impression um, I like uh, many of you were very was very excited when I heard Richard E. Grant was going to be in a Star Wars film. Carrie Russell as well. Um, and while they do have screen time and their presence is definitely somewhat felt, um, I don't believe that it was felt in the way that you know you you feel with um, the core characters. And, and 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 okay, let's get rid of the leads. Let's uh, let's like axe out uh, Poe, Finn, Ray, and let, let's uh, focus on maybe. Um, I don't know, let's say Chewbacca or uh, C-3PO. They're supporting characters, you know, and obviously they've had films and films and films of development leading up to this. I do think it's a little silly to introduce then so many other new characters. Uh, Naomi Aki is another one who I feel like she's introduced in this movie, has very, very little time to develop, and it's like with a movie already this big, with a cast this big, and so many plot lines to wrap up, why are we introducing so many new characters? Well, I
3: think I think it's fair to say that, that, that the original uh, trilogy did a lot of that. Um, mm. But one thing that I felt with all the characters that you specifically mentioned is that it felt like there were a lot of spin-off setups. Felt like they were mm. kind of prepping every yeah. one of those characters. Like, hey, if one of these really takes off, they get their own movie. There are lines, you know, uh, where Judy Grant has a line referencing the way he fought in the old wars, you know, st- mm. stuff like that where I was like, okay, you're... You're doing some backstory setup here in case we want to see a young
0: version of his character or whatever. I just felt like that in many spots. Naomi Aki's uh, final moment, actually, mm-hmm. on screen is oh, like mm-hmm. she, they might as well turn to the uh, yep. screen and wink at the audience, I'm you know, to, but there to, would to be, to be a Disney, Disney, Disney Plus you. spinoff.
1: <laughs> not even a theater. Come to Disney Plus. Yeah. Um.
2: I mean, despite all the new characters and how sort of underdeveloped they are, like we don't know much about them, I feel I felt like they weren't like not you know, essential to the story. If you know what I mean?
0: They just felt expendable to me. Yeah. Like I wanted to care more, but I couldn't, you know?
2: But they all had like stuff to do and they weren't just, yeah, you know, I there.
0: Yeah, I, I thought Carrie Russell's character was really
3: cool. Um, I agree, yeah. probably underserved by the plot, but still enjoyable while, while she was there. And Richard E. Grant was like just his face. I mean, he was made for this role. Like he looks straight <laughs> out of the original trilogy. It's it's perfect. So he was wonderful.
0: I will say this too. I I, I mean, and this is like Ryan. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll say something to me about this, and that's fine. I think Richard E. Grant's whole character, his whole purpose of this whole story, is yet again another retcon of where they took Hawks in the Last Jedi. Oh. <laughs> um. I actually like, I believe that it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't like what you guys do with uh, Hawks in the last film. So let's introduce Richard E. Grant because we need somebody in this uh, commanding, uh, you know, role here. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, um, I I didn't really see it as that. I more just saw it as like a nod to to Peter Cushing and the kind of role that oh, um, you see throughout the. That's a good. In, yeah, the yeah. The, yeah, the entire like trilogy of these these dispendable <laughs> kind of characters. I mean, that role is. If you watch Return to uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Empire Strikes Back, how many guys that vader just force chokes to death it's almost comical just how many he's just like throwing in okay you're getting promoted it's like the job you just don't want within the empire right is to be like the guy in charge of that because you just you know vader's gonna force choke you and um what they do with hux in here i found kind of just just fun um i liked what they did with hux in the in the in last jedi um i i mean i've never saw that character more than what he is which is just you know Hux you know just mm-hmm. a second in command uh, a weasel and um, but this one seems more like Cushing in that sense of that he's more than just the weasel um, and t- just briefly talk about some of the, like, the side characters. And, you and guys just really about.
0: quick I like what they did with Hux in this movie because mm-hmm. it made sense mm-hmm. from where yeah. we last left off with him in The Last Jedi oh, it's but so good. the yeah. way that his character uh, concludes was very lacking for me.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Cause, uh, I, I thought it was perfect for him. Yeah. yeah um, I,
3: I was worried actually. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to like what happens to his character arc in the middle. And then when, the, when it concluded, I was like, Oh, okay. That, that worked for me.
0: But it just yeah. felt like it was for me, it just felt like it was too fast. And it also, um, it, it, it like, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where it's like, it happens. Um, it's over. We move on never going to reference it again and it's like you know just for a character that was in all three films and had a pretty substantial role uh for a supporting player i don't know i guess i just wanted a little bit more out of that that's all nitpicking yeah. nitpicking
2: but does he deserve more than that
0: though. So. yeah <coughs> you know i will say that in terms of uh, characters that do uh get you know a little bit here to do um it is great seeing uh billy d williams back on screen as lendo Oh, my god it's fantastic
1: yes. My face lit up like the like a Christmas tree. It was it it was, it was great, and the way they did it too, um, you know how how they introduce him back into this. I think is fantastic. I the the one that I that that slayed me uh, was what they did with Anthony Daniels as C three PO. I thought three PO has been kind of just wasted. I think for a while. Um and I thought that it brought back kind of what he, was great about him within the original trilogy, you know? So I, See, I, I love I, what they I, did with C-3PO.
3: I slightly disagree. I I I was loving what they were doing,
0: and then they kind of reverse it we'll we'll, we'll need to talk about (sighs) this movie has a couple of fake outs that that, i haven't i definitely have a note written down here one too many fake outs yeah
1: yeah there is one fake out that i i was shaking and when we'll talk about it and then when it happened i was like i breathed a sigh of relief but i was also like oh man yeah you know (laughs) like i was a a little bit bit of there's a little, There's
3: bit, a little of bit of not not uh, not allowing us to have real stakes here, like a lack and, of balls. <laughs> yes, yes. Because both of those two things that we're talking about, I was like, "Wow, they went there." Oh
0: no, they they didn't. They didn't say what there. you will about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its lack of balls to kill off characters. There was at least a one year gap between Infinity War and Endgame where they wanted you to believe that characters were completely dead, and you know. Actual characters did die in those movies. So for this movie to have a couple of different moments like that where, oh, this character's dead. Oh, just kidding. You know, um, I I just like to me just felt cheap because it happened. If it happened once, I would have been okay with it. But I think it happens two or three times. And I really, really, really wanted this movie at a certain point. As we said before, it's safe. I really wanted it to take some big swings at certain points. You know, Mm -hmm. um, that would have just made it more exciting to me. In any event, though, uh, let's move on to uh, talk about. uh, Well, let's talk about like the the core cast. It's amazing that we haven't touched upon uh, actually (laughs) Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac here. Um, I mean, Uh, That's a note that I have absolutely no issues with whatsoever. I thought the acting, the chemistry, the camaraderie, um, the moments that they all shared, I I thought that that was the heart of the movie, and I thought that's what made the movie sing at times.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. One thing that I really missed in The Last Jedi was that camaraderie. You don't really have much of that in the last film. And so to see our four core characters together us uh, almost the whole film um was just a lot of fun um, and i think the pacing adds to that i think the pacing combined with their chemistry is really strong cuz this movie is this movie keeps moving this movie oh, moves, yeah. flies by um and so I, I really appreciate the pacing of the film and and uh, i love that core cast it just they, they all really worked for me
1: yeah, see, I, I I didn't have an issue with them separating in the last film because I mean that's kind of what happens in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. It's
0: um, a form of happens. storytelling too. Yeah. It you, you got to tear you got to tear the group apart and then they got to come back together, you know, by yeah. the end. You,
1: usually happens in the second entry in these trilogies, guys. Right, so right, exactly. Um, but, Two Towers. Um, yeah, exactly. Um and then they all come together and it's and it's fantastic and and I think that JJ Abrams gets all the credit in the world for this core casting when he did The Force Awakens. Um, as much praise as we want to give Ryan Johnson, and I, I love the man, JJ gets all this praise for making these right decisions up front. And especially with Daisy Ridley, yeah. who is fantastic in this movie. I think this is the strongest she's been. In the three films, one hundred percent agreed. Do
0: this is definitely her movie um, of yeah, the three. So, I would say it's so challenging. For sure.
1: And then they gave I think a lot more for um, for Oscar Isaac and John Boyega to do together. Um, I think that that is the one flaw, right, that a lot of people lean back towards in The Last Jedi is they didn't really know what to do with Finn and they didn't really sometimes know what to do with Poe and they're better when they're together. And I think that's-
0: I would really argue thing. they did a lot with Poe in The Last Jedi as far as his well, character yeah. development was concerned. It it
1: to, well, yeah, but in terms of together, like the, like the best, the best quality is when those two guys are together. It's what they are literally the two main characters that we get introduced into The Force Awakens. Yeah. And they kind of set the tone. And- my boy, my boy, Adam Driver, talk about a year and talk about the best character he's ever done on screen. The best performance he's ever done on screen is, is with this character in the the last Jedi. And he just continues to continue to knock this one out of the park. He's fantastic in this film. And that chemistry that he has with Daisy Ridley is just off the charts. You know, it makes me it makes me kind of wish that like Daisy Ridley was the Scarlett Johansson character in Marriage Story because they have better chemistry in this movie and in this franchise than he does with Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story.
0: I will echo that. I think that Adam Driver's <laughs> performance as Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, whatever you want to say um, across all three films. And I think I was. E- yeah, I was even saying this when Last Jedi was out, but um, it's reaffirmed here for me. I think it's the single best performance by any actor in any of the Star Wars movies it's it's Damn. so it's so good like i think a large part part of that has to do with the writing of the character and mm-hmm. you know i think that we will forever debate over whether or not his character was ended properly or in a satisfying manner um like i said before i don't think there is pleasing everybody i don't think that that solution exists i would argue that uh what i found very compelling about uh, Kylo Ren throughout Last Jedi and throughout this film is I never knew which way things were going to go. Everything always felt unpredictable to me in terms of um, who was going to go to the dark side, who wasn't, you know, so on and so forth. And it kind of did keep me guessing all the way up until um, the very, very end. And a large part of that is because of how Adam Driver plays the performance. That internal conflict and that internal struggle is something that um, I found to be the most fascinating quality of any character I have ever seen in a Star Wars movie. And I love how at the end of The Last Jedi, there was a real commitment A real commitment made that Kylo Ren is the big villain of this trilogy. It's not Snoke. It's Kylo Ren. I do feel a little bit of that is undone with this film. Mm -hmm. But I still feel that they did, uh, to to steal what you said there, Ryan, I do feel they did still stick the landing, even if it was a little bumpy, uh, coming down.
1: Yeah cuz I mean he's he is a tortured soul even at the end of the last uh, the the last Jedi when he's facing off against Luke you know he is he is so tortured and he's still so connected to Rey and through her light and and being this Jedi and this beacon of of hope and everything he's still clinging to her and still through everything and all the, the you know, by the end of that movie, he is fully evil.
0: Wait, I got to ask a question to all, all three of you, actually, for a second here, really quick. Um, there's a moment where Rey says in the film that she still feels that she's not, like, a true Jedi yet. Or maybe she hasn't earned that status yet. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but considering, like, how, you know, the Force was so strong with her in Force Awakens and you know, that continues in the last Jedi with her training with uh, Luke. And then there's been a time jump from uh, that film to this film. Don't you guys find it a little odd that she hasn't accepted yet, that she's a Jedi, <laughs> you know?
2: Um, no.
0: Okay. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> but you know, I, that's for the spoiler part.
0: That's fair.
3: Okay. <laughs> I have
2: thought.
0: Okay. All right.
3: Yeah. I, I'd love to talk about princess Leia's scenes. Um, so obviously, uh, Carrie Fisher passed away before this film was made, and and uh, they, they, her family, you know, made the decision that it's okay for her to be in this film, use pre-existing footage, things like that. Um, and on one hand, I, I appreciate ultimately what they did with her character, um, but in the experience of actually watching the film, her her scenes felt so cobbled together; it felt so unnatural. They. She has like one line and then someone else will explain everything that she's saying and then she'll have one more line. It just felt very cobbled together. So it's hard to fault the film for that, though, because what other choice did they have? Um, But, you know, it's just something that I felt while watching the film.
2: I thought it was executed quite well, considering like the footage that they had. Mm. I mean, hopefully when it comes out, we'll see sort of the behind the scenes of doing that. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was, was done really well. And I thought that it was like a really, it turned out to be a really good, um, send off for her character.
0: I like the send off. I like how she was utilized given the situation that they were in. I will admit that it definitely was clunky. Mm. I was fully aware of it the entire time. My immersion within the story was broken every single moment that I saw it. However, uh, (laughs) despite all that, it gets a pass from me.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm gonna say it just
0: like that. It gets a pass.
1: Matt, would you say yeah. it's muglunky? <laughs> right. Okay. Made
0: with making, well, I guess I can't. I can't. I can't right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm the one suffice? who usually does the bad puns. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but uh, suffice it to say, no, I didn't have a problem with Carrie Fisher in this film, considering what they had to do, and right. I, I thought it was. especially the stuff towards the end, I thought it was beautiful. And I Mm -hmm. got really emotional because um, the character I think that we have grown to connect with so much within this new trilogy from the old cast has been Leia, has been Carrie, you know, and uh, I... Man, I, I, I wish there was more of her. I wish that she got the movie she, you know, deserved because she was what what they did here was enough to make me get very emotional um and i want it more i want it selfishly i want it more i'm glad they didn't cut her out of the story i think like if they did that that would have really it would have been disappointing you know and so to have her in here in any capacity is great because it just is a reminder of how much we love carrie fisher and how much we love leia
0: I'm going to end uh, the non spoiler section by just saying really quickly, um, I admire J.J. Abrams' uh, use of practical effects over visual effects. He only uses visual effects when it's absolutely necessary, and I really do feel that that helps with the believability of the world, and it harkens back to the original trilogy. Um, I do not think that this movie is as visually stunning as The Last Jedi was in terms of its actual cinematography, but there is definitely uh, some good stuff in there regardless i am somebody who definitely does not enjoy john williams's music on this new trilogy as much as some other people do but i really did like his score for Verizon skywalker it's the last time that he will score a star wars film and what i liked about it was i liked that it took all of the themes uh minus the prequels a little disappointing i was hoping for a duel of fates moment but that's okay (laughs) Um, But it takes all of the themes and somehow works them all into this final uh, film and the Skywalker saga. So uh, that worked for me here, uh, where, like with Flash Jedi, I thought his music was a tad bit unmemorable for me. And uh, on another technical level, we mentioned the editing. This movie is extremely fast paced. Uh, There are some great sound moments in this movie. Did you guys like audibly like feel yourselves gasping at certain moments with the sound? Yeah. Um, Whether it was the uh, the light speed skipping or um, I don't know. There was just like a couple of moments where like the bass uh, definitely like rumbled a bit a, a few
1: times. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like when the ships are rising out of water.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I just feel yeah, it, and
1: it, I was like, yeah, that,
0: nothing that's as like awesome. insane as uh, that moment in Last Jedi with the lack of sound. That's still like one of the best moments in like all of Star Wars. It's like incredible, uh, but the sound work in this I thought was pretty stellar throughout. Regardless, so on a technical uh, level, I'm you know it's a Star Wars film. It's not groundbreaking. It's not anything that we haven't seen before. Uh, But it's not bad. I think it definitely does exactly what it needs to do. Um, One other element that I'll just uh, mention on a technical standpoint is I thought the production design of this movie was amazingly off the charts great. Like, some of the sets and, uh, you know, like some of the new worlds that we discover here are just so, so well-conceived, and they feel so um, epic in scope. I mean, when you take a step back and you think about how many different locations there are and just how big they are. Um, it's pretty staggering.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: So with that said, final thoughts, great out of 10. I'm going to pass it over to Sarah first. Sarah, is there anything that we did not talk about, non-spoiler, that you want to bring up?
2: Mm, no, I think we touched on everything. All right. Um, Great out of 10. I yep. will give it a... Uh, I hate ten grades, you guys.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the um, next Best Picture family.
2: Like a six and a half.
0: Nope, no halves. No. Round Ra- round up or round down. A six. Okay. Yeah. All right, Dan.
3: Uh, so I can't say seven point five. Nope. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll then I'll round up. I'll, I'll give it an eight. Uh, I I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Okay, Ryan. I'm gonna be I'm
1: gonna be a little shocking here. Um. I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten. I would give it an eight out of ten, but for just like the film itself. But it gets bumped up an extra point because of how entertained and how I felt by the end of it. And uh, it's it's freaking Star Wars, guys! It's so it's felt so good, (laughs) even with all the problems. And I get it. It's it's a high problems you know film, but I don't care. Nine out of ten.
0: Like I said, I see so much of myself a few months ago with Game of Thrones season eight and you, Ryan. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> oh, it's not. I'm not going to wane on this, Matt. This, you know, this is staying put.
0: I know. I hear you. Um, I was originally a seven out of ten. Um, I knocked it down a point uh, to a six uh, because, like I said, I do feel that some of the decisions that were made in this movie, uh, storyline wise. Um, I felt were done for the wrong reasons Ryan I thought you put forth a very compelling argument as to why that may not be the case and I'm sure that that is a story that they will stick to forever but I can't help but feel I, I just can't help but feel the way that I feel in regards to uh, they tried to make this movie for people who hated The Last Jedi and I feel that The Last Jedi is unjustly hated so there you go moving on spoilers where, oh where, do we start? Well, first of all, you start off by telling everybody that if you don't want to be spoiled about the events in The Rise of Skywalker, stop listening now.
2: We fast on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now.
0: Skywalker, spoiler section. Ray is the granddaughter of Palpatine. That makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense.
2: Who would have sex with Palpatine?
0: <laughs> Listen, he was in charge of the Senate, even if he's not the most good looking guy in the world. There's someone.
2: <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't have time for that. He was so uh. busy during the Senate, and then on the side, he was like you know the emperor like the guy just did not have the time and i always low key, like had some gay vibes from him so
3: this is what i was talking about and this is the most obvious retcon i mean yeah the, you, you you no one in the entire world can convince me that in the last jedi that it was just like a mistake or it, it was kylo not seeing the full picture or no he, he was saying definitively this is your parents were nobody and now they went back and said oh but you didn't know the whole story and that's it's total bullcrap now i will say that again this is kind of like what i say with the whole thing it was messy but i liked it at the end and it's the same thing um i think the way that they used Palpatine in this film was really, really effective. So I have no Agreed. problem bringing him back for this story. I do think that they could have brought him back. They could have done the exact same thing with Palpatine, just minus the fact that he's her mm-hmm. grandpa. I don't know why. Yeah, that like was It was
2: there. really great to see him, but they didn't need to have a relation with each other for it to end the same way. You know 100%. what I mean?
3: 100%.
2: So,
0: And I mean, like I said, the one line that they... Give to the audience to explain how he's back. Um, It's not a surprise that he's back. They revealed it in the trailer for the movie that he was back. But the line that they give is they they take the line from uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith, when he says um, the powers of the dark side of the force, uh, something, 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 ways that are considered unnatural. I don't remember the exact line, right? But when they said that, I remember hearing that and thinking to myself, <sighs> there is setup. It is canon. Do I really need the details? <sighs> like, I, I, I let it go. I was like, I'll let that go while he's back. But then when they revealed that she was related to him, I was like, that's, I'm sorry, that is the biggest of biggest, biggest, biggest uh, diversions from uh, what was set up in The Last Jedi. And if you're going to tell me that what it was, was a double cross, a double subversion of expectations. <laughs> Ray, your parents are nobody. Well, your parents actually were nobody, but did you know that your grandfather was? It's like, stop. at Like yeah. now you're just coming off as comical at this point. Now, with that said, if you're going to make that storytelling decision and you're going to commit to it, okay, let's see where it goes now. Considering that this is the hand that we've been dealt and this is the game that we're playing, I would say that they still had a winning hand in the end with how it all worked out. The reason being is because the Emperor is the force of the original trilogy. Um, He is the, the driving force of the prequels. And for him to be the ultimate bad guy again, is it redundant? Yes. Is it... Once again, not something that feels uh, fresh, new, and exciting that this new trilogy probably needed. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Does it feel like it's also another retcon of what happened with Snoke? Because clearly, in my mind, Snoke was supposed to be in this role, in my opinion. Uh, Probably, but despite all of that, I felt that it still provided a nice interconnecting tissue with the entire saga.
2: Yeah, I can agree with that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I kind of figured that JJ was going to do this, um, and I think he, like wait wait before
0: he, the trailer or yeah, you you mean like once you knew Palpatine was back?
1: No, I I, I had a feeling Palpatine was going to be back for a while. Okay, because because this is something that was a lot of what uh, I had read and had seen with some friends and whatnot that are really in-depth Star Wars fans and like over the top that JJ laid the seeds for this in The Force Awakens and you have to watch like a ton of like crackpot theory videos in order to to really get into that but he does lay some of that down and Ryan did give him an out you know with Kylo in that throne room scene manipulating Rey to turn to the dark side that is what he is doing and She is still blocking this stuff out um, and saying that they're nobody. Yes, that is correct. You know, he's telling her his version of the story. However, what this movie does, and what I actually found really interesting, was with Palpatine and using Snoke and then using Vader. See, in the, in the, The Force Awakens, he is talking to that Vader mask. And we don't hear anything back, but we can just assume that he is deranged with this turning to the dark side that he's talking to this thing. And by using that, I have been every voice in your head manipulating you. I found that to be really interesting. And so of course, if he's doing that and pulling Kylo's mind in those strings and therefore, you know, wanting him to think that he's killed Snoke and wanting to think he's this great, uh, Sith Lord now and, and, everything, of course he would then manipulate his mind in believing that he knows Ray's story as well. And I think that it's we get to see a glimpse of what a lot of Last Jedi fans wanted to see, which is Kylo going absolutely insane at the beginning of this movie, killing everyone uh, to get that uh, Sith finder. Um, and once he gets to the planet, realizing... Uh, that he is, he is going, he is deranged. Like he wants to kill the emperor, but explaining it and learning that piece of information drives him to kind of hear it out. And, um, obviously he's, he still has his feelings towards the other side and whatnot. And that's all about those things. But I found it to be really interesting and I was dreading it going in, but I, I bought into it. Um, now I agree with all y'all though. Um, was she Immaculate Conception? Like, was she created through like his powers tran- transitioning into um, the the mom? Was that actually his 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 son was her father, uh, Ray's father? Um, mm-hmm. that feels like something that JJ Abrams does. And Damon Lindelof did on, on Watchmen and on Lost a lot, where they'll release like a book or a deleted scene or something. And you have to go and search for it after the whole thing is out. It's something that I've come to expect with the mystery boxes that JJ Abrams does. And I expect it will be answered very soon. And I know that's not satisfying to a lot of people because, you know, general audiences are going to go do that. But for me, I know the answer's coming soon and it'll probably be like some Palpatine book and. And you just and that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, great! Now I have to go and, and read a book in order to figure it all out. But the,
0: the, the only good thing that can come of that is a Disney spinoff starring Ian McDiarmid as uh, Senator Palpatine, uh, doing more oh, shit. It's a rom com. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah well, I mean, but, having, but, having a son. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess. But I mean, it's, it's
0: you and me. We're Matt, gonna Matt, do it. <laughs>
1: Do it, um, but man, there's no way they could do that because they've already done that, which is called the prequel trilogy. I mean, I know, I know. As, as much as Anakin's the main character in that, it actually is really like.
0: like do you want to know what I have underneath my robe? <laughs> Yikes!
1: But he's really good in this movie, though. McDermott's really good in this movie. I think that
0: yeah, his performance was extremely uh, campy in the uh, prequels. It's the Emperor. But but it, but in return, of the Jedi it comes off as more mysterious and menacing. Um, I did feel uh, more of the latter here than the former uh, the, yeah. with what he was doing, which I really appreciated. Um, I really, really did enjoy uh, Ray using the two lightsabers. Um, I love the moment of every Jedi doing a voice cameo in That's her head so
3: good excellent great.
0: moment great moment hell i even heard hayden christensen's deadpan delivery voice and i was like yes he still can say lines <laughs> that
3: moment that moment sums up so much of this film in that is it is it absolutely cheap fan service of course like there's no getting around that that was such a cheap moment but in the theater It worked so well. I was like loving every different voice that I heard. So it's just, it just worked. They just gave fans so many nods that it just, it works.
1: But it's also a payoff too, Daniel, because she hears when she grabs Luke's lightsaber and force awakens the first time she hears some of those voices, you know, and, and, and by her kind of growing and trying to become this, this Jedi, um, this ultimate Jedi, the last of the Jedi, you know, um, when we see her at the beginning of the film, it 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 pays off just what we see at the beginning, but it also pays off the things that we saw in The Force Awakens and 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 then her through her training with Luke and everything as well in The Last Jedi. It just did a really good job with her.
0: Rey's character arc, I think, works very well uh, throughout all three films, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I would argue Kylo Ren's character arc, even though it's not what maybe some people wanted, um, I would argue that it too also works uh, very very well. Um, I don't. I think Finn's character arc feels incomplete. Uh, I think Poe's character arc is done well enough. And who else had a character arc across all three films? Oh my God! Well. Um... Oh Chewie! Chewie gets the medal. At the end of the movie, and that is yep. such a great, great <laughs> nod to a new hope yep. that I don't even know if many people uh, that aren't like super fans, and I don't even consider myself a super fan, and I know that. Um, mm-hmm. That
1: was fantastic. And his girlfriend gave it to him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> See? I can't. Uh, another payoff. I can't. Another um,
3: payoff, right, guys? I okay, can't. but let's talk about Chewie. Let's talk about that that whole fake oh, out. My God. Uh, man, I was uh, like,
0: as, It was so heartbreaking when we thought Chewie died. No, no, no. It was not heartbreaking. In what? fact, it no, because the moment, it, it, okay, let's say if it wasn't a fake out and that really was how Chewbacca went out, it would be the most unceremonious death to a beloved character that I can recall in quite some time. But that, that's that's
3: why I loved it because it was so shocking. It was unexpected. I didn't think that was going to happen at all. No,
0: but, I, but I never, didn't. like, I didn't feel the emotion, like the crushing weight of it the same way I did someone like uh, Han Solo in Force Awakens. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but also Chewie isn't Han Solo. No, which is why when they did reveal that he was alive, uh, I thought to myself, oh, okay, good. Thank God, because that moment, I I should have been crying during that moment when Chewbacca dies. I'm not at all, uh, because the movie is moving too, too fast. It needs to move. It it just needs to keep moving, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when he comes back, I'm like, oh, thank God. But now I'm just like, wait a minute. That ship exploded. Like, seriously exploded. How the hell did he actually survive?
1: Well, they had another well, transport. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, I was think two tra- there were two Finn
2: just and Finn, the... Yeah. yeah,
1: Finn went and ran, you know, to stop, you know, uh, or to tell Ray, and he never, you know, saw that there was a second transport He from his, um, you know, he was at an angle where, you know, behind these rocks. And There's so a lot of convenient shit that happens
0: in this movie. Convenient.
1: Yeah. It's, it's convenient, yeah. yes, but also, too, like, man... I know JJ Abrams had said in a lot of interviews that he was gonna go and do something like really shocking. Like he like Ryan Johnson <laughs> opened up the platform for him to do it. What was it? And within that moment, Matt, when she has the, the palpatine lightning come from her hands, right? That's yeah. the big mo that's yeah. the other big reveal in that. It says like she with through her anger has that sith lightning come out right? i was totally okay with her being a sith i was so
0: okay with that oh, but yeah. do not make her lineage from
1: palpatine mm-hmm. no well yeah. I, I i understand well we didn't know that at the time in in, in this point in the film i will That's
0: agree yes saying. in the moment i was super excited i was like this is the storytelling development that i really wanted this is what's going to make this fresh and very very exciting i just feel that it now just feels like it's a a joke. It's a pun. It's it's Luke drinking the milk in The Last Jedi. It's just ammunition that the fandom will have forever to just ridicule and never, ever let this go that this was an interesting storytelling choice. You know what I mean? What's,
2: what's the joke? Sorry?
0: <clears throat> the joke is that, the, 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 no, the joke that Palpatine, you know, had sex with somebody oh, and yeah, Ray yeah, is the
2: offspring cool. of that. And that's. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, can I just talk about Chewie's death for a second? So I agree with um, Matt that it was just super quick and we didn't have time to really sit with it like we did with quite a few other deaths, you know? But I really, like, I wouldn't have minded if Chewie had been dead because I like Mm -hmm. the struggle that Ray goes through between, you know, the dark side and the light. And then which leads to me asking... How would you guys feel if she if in the end she had like if Darth Ray had been canon, like if she did turn dark in the end of the story?
1: I think I would have had a big problem with it. Yeah, yeah. it was really
0: unsatisfying. I, I think that there was a version of that and it's called Game of Thrones season eight. Yeah,
1: it, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. That's why this is not Game of Thrones. Season and, Eight. And you know what? I still maintain to this
0: day that Game of Thrones season eight wanted to tell a challenging story that. Defied storytelling convention. It just wasn't executed as well as it could have been, and as a result, that's why that that moment does not land for people. But I admire the balls, and from a storytelling standpoint, that they committed to a beloved female character turning out to uh, lose her sense of morals in her quest for what it was she, that she was trying to achieve. Could they have done the same thing with Ray? Absolutely not. It just, the foundation wasn't there. No. What you can do is you can tease it. You can make it you know, a conflict. But in the end, we all know at this point how this has to end. It's a Disney property. You know, like yeah. never oh, no. once did I ever, ever, ever have a single solitary moment where I thought to myself that this would not have a happy ending.
1: No, I still I don't think that I think you can think that more with like, uh, you know, Martin Scorsese's favorite movies, the Marvel movies. But I don't think you can really think that with Star Wars because it deep down when you're watching this movie for the first time, you still can feel like even with Abrams and, you know, all the, the, the quote unquote member barriers or whatever that's being placed in this movie. You still have what you got the last film with Ryan Johnson in that there's that unpredictability, so you never know what you're going to get. No. With a Star Wars film, and two these 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 guys, you know these these filmmakers, they do make some some choices in this movie that I think are really interesting, and and do, um, and I think Abrams does make some some sacrifices um, because if it is safe. Then it would be like Return of the Jedi, where everyone it is. lives. Well, no, well everyone lives, and 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 it's happy, and 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 there's no and there's no real like harsh beyond Vader in that movie. A you know a, a Vader being burned in. by Luke Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi is Ben Solo, Kylo yeah, Ren. But you don't have something like Leia in that. And I got to tell you, when Leia passed away in this, I I, I was a wreck but that and was done out of necessity probably for the reasons that we already stated before but but then also Matt yeah if Ch- if Chewie had passed away which also to, to go back to that for just a quick second that left my mouth on the floor and I was like whoa holy crap and then mm-hmm. and then they they revealed it and I was it was like a, I was angry about it but I was also like a sigh of relief because I love Chewie so much like Chewie's like the yeah, best Chewy's friend chewy. he never did anything wrong and um but when Chewie gets off the transport with Poe and and Finn and they tell um him that Leia passed away. Yeah. I don't care who you that are. Was, that, that was, was one a great of moment. The most that emotional was points I've seen in a movie this year and my heart just died.
0: No, that was and fantastic. I, just, I agree.
1: So good. And that's, that's the things that I li- love about Abrams is that he gets those character moments down.
0: Speaking of which, I also uh, wanted to say in tying into Leia um, that the utilization of Mark Hamill and a surprising cameo by Harrison Ford that I did not see coming at all, um, those were, I thought, well-placed within the story. I thought they were extremely effective Um, I can definitely make an argument that Harrison Ford's moment was probably done out of necessity once again because that moment probably was going to go to Carrie Fisher, I'm sure. But I – and, you know, people are using that as a criticism because it's like, is Han a force ghost? No. It's a memory, a vision, something. We don't really know. We just know that this this moment was meant for Carrie Fisher and we need to figure out something to do here. You know what I mean? So it's like, once again, it's like I let it slide because – They're being dealt a bad hand uh, given what happened with Carrie Fisher. So I'll let it go. And it was really cool to see Harrison Ford in that moment. And I actually thought that that, if there was ever going to be any moment in the canon of Star Wars that would tilt Kylo Ren one way or another, um, I really felt that that scene with him and Rey on the water... um, and then Harrison Ford being there and everything else, that that, that worked very, very well for me. Yeah,
1: and, and, for sure. Yeah, that's great. And, and, and like the, the great thing about it, and this is and this is something I actually – when I was thinking about it afterwards was without J.J. Abrams, I don't think Harrison Ford comes back because he really likes J.J. And he's worked with him on projects before. And Harrison Ford is done with this character. That's why he was gone in The Force Awakens. That's away. why it was
0: so surprising.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's surprising. But it's actually – I mean – I only think JJ would have been able to get him to come back. Like, I don't even think Ryan or Colin Trevorrow or anybody would have been able to come back to this character. And I also think it's a little bit of that, but then of course the Carrie stuff as well. But I, I I loved the Luke stuff in this. And I know that this has also been another thing about like the wreck kind of thing, uh, because it, it literally starts with like her, like what destroying her ship. Right. And she goes back to kind of be like what Luke was, where she goes, to the island, to the Jedi island to seclude, which we get porks. By the way, shout out to all those pork fans out there. Uh-huh. And he he, <laughs> he catches the lightsaber. And I've heard a lot of people talk about like this is like a slap in Ryan Johnson's face. No, I think this is like a, a moment where like Lucas uh, has already learned like. I shouldn't have done what I did. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I shouldn't have thrown her, it away just like I shouldn't have thrown her away just like yeah. I shouldn't have thrown this resistance away. I'll
0: give and you this one, Ryan. I'm agreeing with you 100% on this one.
1: Yeah, I, and and it he is there as her master. He's there to yep. to help her and it's not the
0: Luke that we see at the end of uh, Force Awakens beginning of return uh, of last Jedi is different than the Luke that we see here, which makes that yes. moment feel uh, yes, absolutely.
1: And and, and Abrams and Terrio used the character that Ryan Johnson ultimately wrote and the conclusion of him in this movie. And that's the biggest thing that I loved about The Last Jedi so much is what they did with Luke and they carried that over. And I can't buy then into that is, this is a, a disrespect when they got the essence of what Ryan did perfectly in, in just these few scenes. It, and the way that Yoda in the last movie, teaches Luke about what he needs to be to be the master for her that she's looking for. He does this for her in this moment of of ultimate crisis it's It's a beautiful
0: scene. It's one very good scene that you are i think a hundred percent correct about, and I don't believe that that one good scene undoes the other ones that I do disagree with <laughs> that's fair i I think that there I think that there are some uh I, I still think there is a little bit of retconning. I, like I said, it's not a full, it's not a full retcon, but many of the moments. Um, another, uh, another spoiler uh, aspect that I wanted to get into uh, before we go here is the. Uh... <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Hashtag Raylo. Um... Yeah. <laughs> It worked. Uh, It worked for me, too. Uh, I'm going to say it. It worked. Sarah, did it work for you?
2: uh, uh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You want to, like, rewatch all three films and come back and let me know later?
2: (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'm still not sure about that. But, you know.
0: I will say this. The the force healing thing is the new Titanic uh, sharing the door. As far as I'm concerned, because I thought the same thing that everyone else was thinking, which was, well, when, when he used his force to heal her, why couldn't she use her force to heal him? And they could have just like, I don't know, like... Kept trading
1: back and forth until they're full health.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Can we like meet each other 50%, you know, instead of a full 100%? Yeah, we'll just go to the hospital. It's fine. Like, we're Jedi. Yeah, we're we'll get, we'll get uh, some force injections.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I can see that, but I also think it it plays well into the whole arc of the redemption for Kylo Ren. Yeah. Agreed. Um, he and, to die. that's why
0: that's why it works. Yeah, and and but, but, but what do you think about the romantic aspect though?
1: Oh, I mean that is laid out all through the Last Jedi, so perfectly through like that that like I always think back to like the scene where they're like about to touch hands and and then Luke interrupts them and like is like enough. I I knew
0: the minute that they had a vision, a shared shared force vision, and inexplicably, for no reason, literally no fucking reason, Kylo Ren has his shirt off. Why? (laughs) Sex appeal. Sex appeal. That's all it is. Let's do it. And once that happened, I was like, oh, these two are going to bang at some point or they're going to hint (laughs) at it. Now, here's what I want to know, Val. I know that, you know, they went in this direction. Um, I am concluding that I think it worked. But there is a bit of disappointment, I feel, because there is a part of me that feels that Ray is such an iconic character, especially to a whole generation of uh, female moviegoers out there. Does she need to have some sort of romantic interest? Is, is that a, an no. old storytelling trope that really we just don't, it's not necessary? Do we
1: need it?
2: No. Yeah, I, think, I think, that think that's fair.
1: I think that though she is this character, and I love Ray so much, she is this character that is, in essence, for her whole life has been alone. And while she has Finn and she has all the, you know, the characters in there, she connects so deeply to her core with Kylo. The the that all makes sense.
0: Ju- Nobody understands between. her the same way that he does. They have exactly. a connection that literally no one else in this uh, universe that's alive has. So. I get that part of it. It still begs the question, though, did they have to go this route to even begin with? Forget about uh, this is where we ended up. Let's go back to, you know, just the seeds that are planted. Do, Do we have to go in this direction?
1: I mean, you don't have to, but I think that through their connection and we've never really we haven't really seen this in the Star Wars franchise either. We haven't seen the Sith and the and the Jedi love each other romantically. We've seen the the bond of a father and son. We've seen the bond of brothers between Anakin and Obi Wan. Hold on, wait a minute. Seen... Oh my God, you just reminded me
0: of something. Because when you said we haven't seen this before, and I'm like, Yo, Mark Hamill makes out with uh, you know, um, uh, with Carrie Fisher at one point and They're uh, they're related. They're brother and sister. Are because of Ray's lineage? Now, are these two related?
1: We,
2: no, no, Palpatine trying...
0: isn't related. There's no connection there, right? I'm going crazy. Oh, no, no. You're, okay, you're, all right. Oof, thank God. For a minute, I was yeah. like, "Yo, what is up with the incest think- in Star Wars?" <laughs> no, no. And
2: I think a love story was like. Well, I mean, um, it doesn't go as far as the other franchises, but I feel like a love story is inevitable in all of these. Because you know, you have Han and Leia, and then you have
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, Anakin and Padme, and then now you have. Um, Kylo and Rey. It would have been weird if that part was absent. You know what I mean?
0: I agree yeah. with that. I also uh, do. The reason why, another reason why I think it works very well is because it's one moment, and then he's gone. Yeah. yeah and like, there is a there is a tragedy to that that I like, and also too that character needs to be gone because yeah. that character has committed war crimes. <laughs> that, that character. <laughs> yeah is a complete douchebag through and through for so much of his life. He deserves to die. And so I, once again, I think they were trying to satisfy a lot of different parties and I think they found a way that worked. And so I don't have an issue with it. I don't. I know there are people that groan, roll their eyes. I get it. But I did not personally have an issue with that.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty ambivalent to it. It, it, You know, it was it was fine. I didn't need it. It wasn't necessary, but it was a it was a pretty quick moment. And and then it was over. So I I really don't care one way or the other about Mm
0: (laughs) Raylo. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The very, very end of the film. uh, She goes to Tatooine. uh, She goes back to uh, uh, the farm that Luke once lived on. And uh, a local there asks her who she is and she replies that she's Rey Skywalker, hence the title of the film The Rise of Skywalker. And... Perfect. I, I, I once again, yeah, that's been like... The, when I said before that they really nailed Rey's character arc, Rey's character arc has always been about she doesn't know who she is. Um, she's like lost, if you will, in, in her identity. And I know that people really liked the direction that Ryan Johnson was going in with the last Jedi and that her parents are nobody. And it sent a very positive message to people that, um, anybody can rise from obscurity and, you know, wield this great power. I still feel like there is a bit of that here. I don't think it completely disregards that necessarily. Um, I, I I will say this. I, I I think it's satisfying. Um, I'm just not a hundred percent like in love with it. i'm I'm sort of sort of mixed on it because it does it does kind of still send a message that uh, you know, you basically need to come from this lineage in order to be special,
2: yeah. I agree with um the fact that it like it kind it felt satisfying, but at the same time, I was like, Uh, I mean, it was okay. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, yeah, this ending, this kind of ending makes sense. But at the same time, you know, I feel like there could have been something different. I don't know. It's just like, it's a, I mean, I guess it's a good homage to the original um, trilogy, but.
0: Oh, yeah. The last shot is fantastic.
2: Yeah.
3: Beautiful. Yeah.
0: yeah. Really, really well done. Um, very, very happy with uh, Force Ghost, uh, Luke and Leia at the end as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very I mean, satisfying.
1: It, it, it's. I mean, they. She really didn't ever have her parents, and what Luke, through training her and making her who she was in the last film, and then what obviously through this time, Leia does, and then ultimately the t- last teaching that Luke gives her at the end, those two gave her everything she needed to build a life and have a fan and have her friends and be her family. And they were in essence through the force and their training and their love for her. They were the parents that she never got to have. And that place that she's at where she buries those, uh, their sabers and it's so great because it, she is paying so much respect to the two she loves. Mm -hmm. And then she takes their name in the ultimate sign of respect and now she will be the guardian of the galaxy, like those two were for so many people. She can be the Jedi that Luke was, and she can also be the leader that Leia was for the resistance or you know, for the for the world. And I loved the ending. And that final shot with her in BB eight was just fantastic. Yeah.
2: I love yeah. that she crafts her own um lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. And we see like a yellow, you know orangey
1: crystal, kind of yeah. gold that yeah.
2: was
1: cool it looked like she it looked like it was made out of her staff mm-hmm,
0: exactly mm-hmm. You know I mean? yeah. yeah that
1: was cool
0: great moment great moment uh, i'm i'm exhausted in terms of uh spoilers um i just have like little notes left does anybody have anything big that they want to touch on spoiler wise
1: i mean yep. I, there's a there's a, like a great fan service moment that i that i just loved um but there's also like this cool thing that also that is introduced in the last Jedi, which is the, the, the hyperspace, uh, tracking. Right. Yeah. And in this movie, Abrams takes that idea and advances it to, um, a light speed jumping. Yeah. At the Mm -hmm. beginning of the film. And man, I loved it. I thought it was so cool. It was just an, a different way to use the Falcon, a different way to, to kind of fight these TIE fighters that we always see them fight. And, um, man, I will say when they used Ray's theme at the end, right at the end, I, I was like, my heart just came out of my chest. That's, that's the power of John Williams right there but th- those two scenes were really cool and and special
0: uh, so I know a lot of people um, um, this is my last thing I have here is um, and we touched upon this ever so briefly John boyega Finn I don't believe that his character gets uh, as satisfying of an arc as some of the others do um, I do feel that he is a victim of um, you know Johnson's film and then this film and he I feel like he got lost in the shuffle if mm-hmm. you will.
2: And he, in this film, he kind of has the Force all of a sudden. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, Which they kind of hinted at in The Force Awakens. Kind
0: of. The, yeah, a little you know. bit.
3: Well, it, it felt to me like the nod was it's something that we
0: can all access, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't quite clear. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, too, that is the thing that he is trying to tell Ray. Nothing romantic. It is no, 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 the, no. that he's that Force is, sensitive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, and it, which
0: so many people misinterpreted, FYI.
1: But Daniel, it goes back to what you were saying, which is that you know anybody can have the Force, right? And that's mm-hmm. what Broomkid represents at the end of yeah. the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So for Finn to have it too, uh, it reminds me a little bit of like Leia, you know, and and of course they're not related, but it's it's another one of our key members of the trio having this sensibility for the person that they care for because they're not they're not related in this case but they're so close their bond is 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 their best friends and that embrace between the three of them at the end when it's all done oh god it's 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 a great moment just for those three characters because that's the combination of of this trilogy as well for just those three
0: yeah i definitely Mm -hmm. like that moment for sure
2: yeah i love their friendship so much
0: yeah okay uh, last bit, and then we can go. Uh, this is pretty short, I think, because I, 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 I just I don't know if there's so much room for debate. But uh, Oscar prospects for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. I have production design, original score, sound editing, sound mixing, visual effects. I do not believe it is contending for literally anything else. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, that yep. sounds about right to me. Yep.
0: with you. Now the yep. question is, what do you guys actually have it being nominated for? Four I think Oscars. score, score for sure. Uh, there's no question. It's
3: getting in there, and I think visual effects. I think mm-hmm. are Social absolute effects. locks. I think it has a, I think it has a solid ch- chance in sound as well. I'm not sure about production design. I'm not sure if we can break. I it.
0: have this weird feeling. Call me crazy. I have this weird feeling that Star Wars may not get into both sound categories.
3: I yeah. I don't. I. I think that's very
0: likely. And the reason why uh, I say this is only because of the reception that this film has received. Um, it leads me to believe and wonder that the overall show of support uh, within the Academy for this film across um, all of the categories that Last Jedi got nominated for, I just I, I can't help but feel that it might lose one or two nominations. You know what I mean?
1: No. Yeah. I mean, I think. I have it in score and visual effects mm-hmm. and I'm not sure about the sound categories. Um I think the production design is out of bounds, no no question, but I I don't see it breaking in there. Yeah. Um I think the co- you know costumes would have been great. I feel like the costumes
0: um, are very repetitive this time around for some reason. I yeah. don't know why. I couldn't I couldn't quite shake that yeah, feeling.
1: But then you got, like, the stuff on, like, that kind of uh, world that we meet Lando on. And yeah, Lando yeah, that was and, really cool. And then, like, Zori, uh, Zori Bliss's outfits. And, and then you have, you have all these different planets. So you have all these different productions. And then you have all these different costumes that you have to distinguish. And then you have, like, new Stormtrooper, like, those new red Stormtrooper outfits as well um i think yeah. i guess maybe i was just
0: let down by uh ray's outfit in this film because it looks so much like what she wore in force awakens because in the last jedi uh there was a distinct uh visual change with her yeah. the way she wore her hair her outfit you know um so maybe, maybe that maybe subconsciously that's why i'm thinking that way um but in terms of uh, the feeling that i have about this movie and just uh how it might perform at the oscars this year i i I know critics are not the Academy. I fully understand that, but it does make me wonder, you know, how many people within the Academy might have a similar feeling of, you know, been there, done that. Um, you know, there's other stuff to reward this year. And when, especially when I think about the sound categories this year too, and you got stuff like rocket man or, um, Ford V Ferrari, 1917, Mm -hmm. hell Joker, Jesus, you know, it's like, there's a lot of things to consider there. And some of these films are a little bit more beloved and acclaimed and are going to get best picture nominations and such. And it just makes me wonder if uh, star Wars is a lock in both of those categories.
3: And I think, uh, if, if, you know, it makes perfect sense. If you look at force awakens, it got five nominations. Mm hmm. Um, Last Jedi got four of the same nominations, missed one. Uh, and then I could see uh, this one drop into three and missing, get, getting three of the same nominations as Last Jedi. So I think it it makes perfect sense. And I, I could see it missing out on probably sound mixing as opposed to editing. And, and you know, the, with this reception, I think that would be only natural. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see.
2: I think, yeah, if it doesn't get score or visual effects, I'll be pretty shocked. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That'd be Crazy. <laughs> john williams last ever star wars score and he doesn't get in there i would uh i would be shocked i would be yeah i mean it is a competitive it is a competitive category he's like
0: an automatic name check though
1: for the academy (laughs) yeah he's like merrill i mean the man would i think this would be nomination number 52 for him which he's only then seven behind walt disney so insanity he's the goat man he really is it's crazy
0: all right, guys. So that will do it here uh, for our review of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Here on the Next Best Picture Podcast, Ryan. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this. It was a lot of fun. Um, I know it got a little contentious at times, but that's okay <laughs> because honestly, I'm, I, 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 I know you can take it. I like the challenge. I, I like, I like being able to sh- tell you like force of like with a lot of force. I'm, I'm trying to use a force pun here. <laughs> that uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> that my, my beliefs are true and my conviction is true. But man, you always hold your ground and you say what you feel. And I admire and respect you for that. Can't wait to have you on again, sir. Thank you so much. Tell everyone that's listening right now where they can find you on the internet.
1: Well, you can find uh, me doing podcasting and writing over at sessionfilm.com. You can also find a lot of my writings where I write nowadays over at AwardCircuit.com. Um, thank you, Matt, so much for having me on. Uh, it's always great to to come and talk to uh, you guys here. Um, I also, uh, just a quick plug, always seem to have somebody from the Next Best Picture family on uh, my Oscar show, Chasing the Gold, on In Session Film. And uh, last thing for Star Wars is uh, Wedge Antilles for life, my friends. Wedge Antilles for life.
0: Nice. Sarah?
2: Um, where you can find me, is this the question? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm the editor of Next Best Picture, if listeners did not know. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Mildred Spheres.
3: Awesome. Daniel Howitt. You can find me on Twitter at HowittDK, and you can find me on the Screeners
0: Podcast. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, once again, for listening to us here for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And... If you disagree with anything that we've said on this podcast, don't let us know on the iTunes comments. Only let us know in the iTunes comments if you agree. Much appreciated. You can leave us a review there. Um, You can also uh, subscribe to us there. And you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, ACAST, CastBox, also on Spotify. And be sure to, you know, if you like the channel and you want to help support us, head on over to Patreon. $1 minimum a month. You'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. We also did a uh, review recently of Star Wars The Force Awakens before we watched The Rise of Skywalker. So it's very interesting because we have done previously before in the past a review of uh, Last Jedi upon its release. Then we did a throwback review of The Force Awakens before Rise of Skywalker came out, literally like last week. And now you've just listened to the review of The Rise of Skywalker. So if you want to get the full cinematic star wars new trilogy experience head on over and listen to those other podcast reviews and let us know um how much you agree with us with a five-star review on itunes once again (laughs) i'm sorry i can't help myself thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time